Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to Grief and Rebirth Podcast, whose mission is to educate, enlighten, and provide healing choices through interviews with grief and trauma specialists, mediums, healers, and people who have inspiring, uplifting stories to share. I'm Irene Weinberg, creator and host of Grief and Rebirth Podcast, with a loving reminder that you can see the full show notes and all Grief and Rebirth Podcast episodes on IreneWeinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at, at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Today, it is my true pleasure to introduce our Grief and Rebirth podcast listeners to Maria Verdeshi, who is a highly regarded psychic medium, an author, a Reiki, a master Reiki practitioner, a pranic healer, a workshop leader, and a speaker with a great sense of humor. <laughs> That's right up my alley. Maria has a passion for letting people know that our loved ones who have crossed over are still with us and want to help us. Maria, welcome to Grief and Rebirth Podcast. I know this is going to be a fun interview filled with insights. Let's begin thank with this question. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Irene. I'm so happy to be here today. Thank you. Thank you. This is going to be, we're going to have fun. <laughs> Let's begin. How did you discover your gifts of mediumship when you were a young child? Please share your own personal history of coming in touch with your many gifts. Um, it, it all started, um, I was about three or four years old. It was when we were living um, on Long Island in Northport. And I can remember going into my parents' room saying, you know what, I, I'm hearing people. There's people in my room, I'm hearing people. Wow. So they kind of, you know, okay, Maria, you know, they went in my room, no one's here. And I just, I was like, no, there is. I made them look under the bed. We looked in the closet. So they left. How did you see them? Did you see them as holograms or you saw the actual... I didn't actually see them. I could feel the energy and I could hear. So I could feel it and hear it. Um, it wasn't until later where I could see. Um, and then it was a couple nights later when I called them in again and they were like, yeah, no, there's no one in there. So I learned really quickly, oh, I better shut my mouth. Not everybody can hear this. And I never said a word to anybody again after that until later in life. Um, so when we were on Long Island, 
I would, when I was outside, so I was, when I was in the house, I wouldn't see things. But when I was outside on Long Island, I would see things, see, hear, and just have a knowing of, of things around me. Um, and then when we moved to Michigan, so my father worked for NASA and he worked for Grumman. Grumman was doing layoffs and he decided he was going to go for an interview to Michigan. So the whole family ended up moving to Michigan and it was really um, quite a traumatic experience. My mother went into a depression for, oh my gosh, probably two years. And in fact, later in life, she told me that she would stay in bed all day and not get out of bed until just before we were going to get home from school. Wow. Yeah. So it was a pretty hard move and I shut everything down and, and I didn't sit there going, I'm going to shut all this down. It's just kind of something that happened because of all the trauma that we were going through. And I did not reopen those gifts until later in life. Were you afraid when you were getting these messages or you knew it was okay? Because you didn't have anyone as an adult in your life to say, hey, that's cool. Not a problem. Uh, you know, because I've heard before when people have these experiences of children and they sometimes sometimes parents also have those gifts and they encourage it. Other times they say they like with you, not encouraged. But were you afraid or you just knew intrinsically that it was OK? I was terrified. So when I was outside, was I was not afraid. When I was in my room at night, I would run and jump, like run to my bed and jump every night because I could feel those energies. The closet door had to be closed. I could just feel the energies of other things in there. So not as terrified in my room. Wow, Maria, yeah. that was so on top of the trauma, you had more trauma. That was really, really tough. I guess now that you've honed your gifts, you know how to turn them off and to shut them down, but you didn't know in those days. They just knew yeah. they were available. Well, so the funny thing is, is that um, I now will hear my mother walking around my house and I'll have the dog like look exactly where she is and I'll start laughing. I'll go, hi, mom. Hey, how's it going? And then I'll start laughing going, anybody else would be out the front door. And here I am. Hey, how's it going? I'll hear her going up and down my stairs sometimes. Um, my daughters and I like to vacation at um, places that are haunted and we all have fun. So I've come a long way from my room in New York. Wow. Do your daughters have your gift also? They, um, I've got a son and two daughters. I believe that they all have the gift and I've had their astrology charts done also. So what's really fun is because I find astrology fascinating. I don't do astrology, but I find it so fascinating that it is in people's charts when they're a psychic medium. It's in there. And with mine, I've also have this death aspect. And I am drawn more to helping people um, like with a loved one in a coma. So I'm able to pick up the messages to help that person cross over. Um, and I found that really interesting when I found out that I have that aspect in my chart. Not only the psychic medium, like I have the chart of a psychic medium, 
And then there's this death aspect. Wow, that's fascinating. That's another interview. Yeah. <laughs> that's fascinating. It what is, is it for, um, for our listeners who don't know, you say you're a psychic medium. What is the difference between a psychic and a medium? Or sometimes say people are called a psychic medium. What is the exact difference between that? Um, so how I always say to people, um, how I interpret it is psychic is more of what I'm picking up on in the future or what I'm picking up on with a loving person. That's kind of more psychic where mediumship, in fact, it's called a medium because spirit has to bring their energy down. You have to bring your energy up. You're meeting in the medium. So the, the medium point of it. And so a medium connects you with spirit. They're able to talk to your loved ones and bring messages in from them. So if someone is talking with you, you can literally tell them what you see for them in their future also. Yes. What a gift. That's wonderful. How did your mom's death inspire your book titled There Is No Death, Only Life? And also help you discover your soul purpose. And what are some of the insights our listening audience will gain from reading There Is No Death, Only Life? Um, so my mom had passed in 2009. And before she passed, I was already taking classes and everything. Um, I was already starting to open things back up. The funny thing was, and I look back and say, shoot, I wish I would have talked to her about it. Because I know my mom had gifts also. I know from <clears throat> doing the charts that it was on that side of the family. So I know that. And when I've had different readings, every medium has picked up that it's on my mom's side of the family. So here I was, you know, years before she passed, taking classes and everything, but never talked to her about it. But she had readings and did, you know, loved astrology. So in 2009, she had um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm -hmm. And she had it, had treatments and went into remission. And then she never told me it came back. And I would ask, Mom, how are you doing? Everything good? Oh, yeah, it's all good. Everything's good. Then she ended up in the hospital. and. Here, I'm thinking it's just a cold. And I'm talking to the nurse and I said, well, if it was your mom, would you come? Because I could feel something was up, but it's, it's really hard, even if you're a medium, when it's your mom to kind of pick up on things because it's just so, my mom and I were so actually, yeah. very, you know, so it was difficult. And she said, yes, I would come here. So my parents were in Florida. So I flew in the next day. Got a plane ticket that night, flew in the next day to the hospital. Again, I have no idea. I think she's like in there for a big cold or something. Wow. The doctor tells me she has 10 days. <gasps> and, I, oh and I look at him and I said, does my mom know this? And he said, yes. And I said, does my dad know? And he said, yes. That's how much in denial they were. And I said, but I swear my mom doesn't know. And he said, no, she knows. I've told her, we've talked about it. 
And he said, she's just in denial. And I said, well, what do I do? Do I talk to her about it? And he said, no. So I kind of had to go with the gut feeling on that too. And I said, you know what, to honor my mom, I'm not going to talk about it because apparently that's what she wants. And I did the right thing. As odd as that is, I did the right thing by not discussing it with her. I made sure I got her out of that hospital and back home the next day. So what I did was I was almost in a robot mode of I have to get everything perfect for her. So got her back to her condo. My mom had this, oh my gosh, she had about a hundred dolls in the room. So she had this huge collection that she loved. I said, I got to get my mom back to her room, to her dolls. That's where she's going to want to be. You know, made sure I did that. Of course, when hospice was mentioned, her eyes popped out of her head and she looked at me and she said, what's going on? And I said right away, you're okay, mom. Everything's going to be okay. We just need some help. That's all it is. They're going to help us. So in no way, shape or form did I lie about anything because we did need their help. They were going to help and I knew she was going to be just fine. So as soon as I would say things like that and be reassuring, I could see the whole energy would calm down again because I was her person that she looked for. Um, so the day that my mom passed, I was not there. I was there up until the day before. I knew this was also a gift that I gave my mom. We were too connected. If I was in that room with her, it would have been too difficult for her to leave. Yeah, I often hear that. So what I tell people is, and people that will have readings saying, I've got this guilt, I wasn't with my mother. I always say, no, it happened exactly the way it was supposed to happen. You guys were too connected and you gave her a gift. By not being there, that was a gift. Now, I intentionally did this. Now, I did get back there and, and I went back and forth on it because that morning I had my dad put the phone up to her ear, even though she was in a coma. I knew she could hear everything. I said, Mom, I'm, I'm flying back out there today, which I was going to be back out there that day. But I also had a feeling she was passing that day. After that phone call, I kid you not, she left an hour after that. Wow. She did not want me in that room when she passed. She left. She left. Yep. And, um, with my gifts, with she's my biggest guide on the other side. I, um, oh my, I've gotten, because um, I like to get the birthday reading or, you know, something's going on. And she's funny because I'll be getting a reading and they'll be telling me something. Literally, this is what I'll hear. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah, no, no, they're wrong about that. No. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, mom, please. This is my reading, please. And she's sitting there going, yeah, no, no on that, too. Sorry, sweetie. No. Wow. I know. And I do start laughing. I do. <laughs> I'm like, OK, mom. You know what? That's your way of letting you know that she's there. Absolutely. Because that's who she is. So she comes from exactly who she is. Yes. 
Yes, my mom started out as a nurse um, when she went to college and everything. But when we came to Michigan, she went back for her master's and was a family therapist. And she was a very well-known family therapist. So absolutely, she's going to come in the readings and say, yeah, no, sweetie. No, it's not going to happen. Right, right. You know, she's still in control. Listen, she yes. may be on the other side, but she's still and she's still got it together. Absolutely. <laughs> so Absolutely. how did she get you in touch with your soul purpose? How what? How did she get you in touch with your soul purpose? Um, by guiding me more into, um, oh, so as I'm on my journey, taking my classes and everything, um, I am in a, cause I started out like doing, um, journeying. So journeying is almost like meditation, but you're kind of going into a world and then the person is guiding it and everybody would come out of it with, oh, I was on the beach and I saw my guide and it was beautiful. And oh my gosh, the water was so blue. I'd come out of it going, I got nothing, nothing. I saw nothing. So after the third time of that, before I went in, I like um, silently said, I swear, if I don't see anything this time, I am done with all this. If my guide does not show up, I am done. So sure enough, I go into it and I've got this Native American with a very, oh, and I said too, you better be real clear with who you are so I can see. Otherwise, I'm done. I'm done with all this shenanigans. I'm done. So he clearly shows up and he's got a braid in the front. And it was literally a Native American that I could Google that I sat back and went, Huh, no kidding. All right, I'm in. I'm in. I'll continue. Wow, that's a good story. Yeah. That's fantastic. And just give our, our listeners, because your mom's death inspires your book. Obviously, there is no death, only life. So what can our listeners learn from reading your book? Why should they run to the, uh, to the stores or Amazon or whatever and get your book? My mom was in so much fear when she died. Um, I thought I don't want people to be in this much fear. And that is something I carried over through the years as I was developing my mediumship. And, um, as I was developing my mediumship, I knew this was my sole purpose because it kept opening more and more and more and faster and faster. So the more that I said, yes, I am 500% in this, I will do this. I will, I will take on more. My gifts kept opening more and more. So in the back of my mind, I knew I wanted to do some kind of book to help other people so they would not be afraid of dying. And also when people come to me for a reading, I always point out, see, I wouldn't know that your loved one's right there with you, you know, and other things that come through. So I've got client stories in the book, too, of um, either readings that they've had or experiences that they've had that shows 
there is no death. There's only life. Your loved ones are always here. They love you. They want to help guide you. They are always giving you messages. Always. And And that's so great for people to know. Yes. So the book really was for my mom because of this fear that she had of dying. It is, it's, it's like dedicated to my kids and to my mom. That's beautiful. Maria, we're going to take a quick break right now to allow a minute for our sponsors who keep this podcast free for our listeners. We'll be right back. We're back. Thanks for tuning in to my Insights Filled interview with Maria Verdeshi. Let's continue on with this question. Maria, how does a master Reiki practitioner help people? What is pranic healing? And do you ever use them together? What sorts of issues do these two modalities help to heal? Good question. Um, Both are um, energy work. So Reiki is energy work and pranic is energy work. I think that pranic, though, it's more of kind of taking out things also, if that makes sense. And um, but like I said, both are energy. And with both of them, you can go. So everybody has chakras. And um, what I do with the Reiki and with the pranic is I'll go down. I like balance chakras out and I can do things long distance also. And I'm also able to see lines to things. So um, for a quick example on that, I had a friend that wanted me to work on someone else's friend. And I always have to have the okay. And uh, um, this friend had said, listen, she went through chemo. She's all done. She got her clean bill of health. She's good. And I kind of stopped because I saw lines spreading. And I said, so it didn't spread to the brain? And he said, no, 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 no. You're not hearing me. She's all done with chemo. They already did all the tests, clean bill of health. And I kind of stopped and I said, so it didn't spread to the brain. I mean, by now I irritated him. And he goes, "Uh, can you work on her? And I said, yes, I can. And literally this was probably the first time this ever happened where I run, I was working on someone I heard stop after working on him for a little bit. Um, her cancer had spread and it had spread to her brain. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I could see it. So even though he kept telling me no, I kept seeing it. And yeah, it was confusing for me. But when I was working on her and I heard stop, I was like, Okay, I think this is validating what I already know. And the stop would be that they wanted to, that there was no more that you could do. They wanted so she was going yeah. to die. Yeah, it was. And I worked on her again the next day because they asked me and I told them what happened. And they would so like on the other side, and I'm going to say it was her guides. This was someone that was very spiritual that I was working on. And it was her guides. I would get in about five minutes of working on her and then I'd hear, uh, okay, stop. Wow. And I listen. If I'm told stop, I, I'm, I back off immediately and I'm like, okay. Now, why do you think they told you to stop? 
because it wasn't going to do anything. So I think what I did was made her comfortable, but anything else wasn't going to do anything. Right. So but that's people, why it was a stop. Right. But people who think that they have like uh, issues, health issues and all, you can help them from an energetic perspective. Yes. You can move yeah. the energy around. You can help with conditions in the body. That can complement Western medicine or sometimes take the place of Western medicine, I would say. Yes. I've helped people that have had like migraines, stomach issues, um, because a lot of that is stress related. And when you have a lot of stress. So if I can go and kind of balance everything and balance out the energy, you are relieving some of that stress, too, where, of course, they're going to feel better that that migraine's going to go away. Their stomach issues are going to kind of settle down. Interesting. So your Reiki and the pranic kind of work hand in hand together. I think so. For me, they do. Yeah. 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 Well, in addition to your ability to connect with deceased loved ones, you're also able to connect with a person's teachers and guides, which I love the idea of this because there are people on our podcast going, I have a teacher and a guide somewhere on the other side. What is that about? Who are these teachers and guides? And do they always come forward along with a deceased loved one during a reading? Um, teachers and guides do not always come forward. So for me, I've experienced it more with readings that I've been giving with um, people that are more spiritual, people that are more open. So you don't have to be super spiritual, though, and like, oh, I meditate every day. It's just being really open for this reading and this experience. So you're a little bit more on that spiritual side. And, you know, to some people's surprise, a lot of times our guides are our loved ones. So it could be a great grandmother. You know, it could be a mother. Um, it could be a father. So a lot of the guides are those kind of guides. Mm -hmm. um, some guides are way down the family line um, ancestors. And then, and then there, there is all different kinds of guides. Yeah, and, they, and, they, and they're there to help the person. And the person just needs to be open enough to, to hear that. Yes. And get the messages. But it's wonderful that you can say to them, hey, you're, these are people who are working with you. Yes. On the other side. So how do our loved ones who have crossed over, who are sometimes our guides, exactly how do they guide us? I mean, is it thoughts that come into our heads? How, well, how does that work? Do they help arrange with synchronicities or whatever? And what, do you know what it's like for them to live on the other side? Have you um, gotten that kind of information? Um, for um, for the, the messages, I'll kind of go back and answer that one first. Um, oh, boy. Um, what was your first question? Okay, how do I love ones who have crossed over help us and guide us? So they're going to give us messages. So what I always tell people is, because, and even when I'm doing my classes, people will go, Maria. How do I know if it's from a loved one or if it's just a thought that I'm having? So what I always tell people is your thoughts are going to come and go, but a message is going to stay. It's going to keep circling. So you're going to hear it and hear it and hear it. 
might go away for a second and then it's going to come right back where you're going, oh my God, I'm still thinking about that. No, that's a message. So it might be, let's take an example of there is, um, let's say you're a teenager, there's a bunch of kids getting in the car and you keep hearing, don't get in the car, don't get in the car. You've got this feeling in your solar plexus, which is the stomach, don't get in the car, just listen and don't get in the car. That is a message from your loved one on the other side. Yeah, that makes sense. Do, do you ever, from all the readings you do, do you ever get any um, hints about what it's like on the other side? So how I've seen it is um, definitely there is no hell. So I've heard from my mother, there's no hell. Other family members, there's no hell. Other people's loved ones, there's no hell. But I do see different levels. So I don't see that everybody's on the same level. It's almost like stairs. So there's different levels where people are and where they're getting different lessons before they come back. Right. Or more lessons here. And that's kind of how I've seen it. Yeah, I think that there is healing there. Yes. And it's definitely an advantage you're doing a lot of your healing here before you get there because if, you're, if your goal is to evolve, you want to keep doing that, right? So I, I've been told that a lot of people who are very traumatized or have had problems uh, in a lifetime, there are healing places that they can go. Well, and, and with the healing, so here's the fascinating thing, too. Um, from what I've seen with suicides, so when I'm doing a reading, and it doesn't happen all the time, but a lot of the times, their energy is, it's not flowing as much as someone who died naturally. And by the time the reading is done, that energy is speeding up and then they're able to move to the next spot. It is the most fascinating thing. Now there's also a healing going on with the person I'm giving the reading to. So there's this huge energy wave going to them on the other side for a healing also. That's a beautiful thing, Maria. You're a regular, you're a bridge. You really, you really are a bridge and, and, there's so much healing from both sides. Talk about a beautiful soul purpose that you have yes. to help people like that. Um, people always want to know, what kinds of signs should I look for? How do I know my deceased loved one is trying to give me a sign? And do those signs get fewer as the years go by? Or would, do they stay around and still want me to know that they're with me? I feel that they still stay around. So as long as you're still kind of looking for them and open for them, um, lots of people will get birds like Cardinal. Um, some people will get um, coins. And oh, I had this um, gentleman like at my house for a reading and he came with a friend and I kind of stopped and it was his father that was coming through. And I said, there's something with coins. And I said, and quarters. I go, does your dad show you quarters? What's up with quarters? What's with the quarters? Because he's not stopping with the quarters. He pulls out 
this little baggie and it's got quarters in it. It was the quarters that were in his father's pocket when he passed. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Validation. And he does see quarters. So some people will, I've got another client that her father is amazing with the nickels. Holy cow. Because he did that in life. I'll bet you a nickel. So now on the other side, the family finds nickels everywhere. It's crazy. And the father now considers me part of the family because I literally give just about the whole family readings now that I, if I have something going on that I'm worried about, I'll see a nickel in the oddest place that was not there before. And I laugh and I tell him, thank you. I know it's going to be okay. Thank you. Wow. 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 That's fabulous. Um, I am fascinated about your experiences with people in a coma the stages the family goes through and how you help the person in the coma and the family. Can you share that with us, please? Absolutely. Um, so with the coma and, and they can hear you. So a lot of clients ask me, Maria, they're in a coma. Can they really hear me? My answer always is yes. Yes, they can hear you. I had one where um, her brother was in that transition. And even the hospice people were like, we don't even know how he's still here. And the hospice people were telling her, there is a reason why he's still here and not crossing over. The doctors couldn't even explain it, why he was still here. It was like every, all his- It was like on some level he was waiting for something. Oh yeah. So she had been scheduled for a reading for the next day. And then this had all happened. And I said, listen, you need to come over tonight. This needs to happen tonight. So uh, as she's sitting here, I stopped and I said, and I, she's probably the only one I've gotten this with because everybody is different on what they need to cross over. With him, he didn't lead the best life and he thought he was going to go to hell. Mm. And she stopped and said, you know what, Maria, when he was still talking, he said something about that. And I said, oh, he's telling me right now. He's afraid he's going to go to hell. He's not going anywhere. He's staying. And I said, um, we need to get some Bible verses. So luckily, the person's house that I was in had like, I go up to her and I'm like, hey, listen, we need, and I'm intuitively uh, 12 Bible verses. I need 12 that say that he's not going to go to hell. I'm on that, Marie. I got it. Like five minutes later, boom, here you go. And I intuitively, because her mother, father, and sister were on the other side. So I'm communicating with them going, all right, we need to get a plan here. What do we need to do? Got it all. What she needed to say, his wife was, um, so she wasn't with her brother too. This is another thing. He was four hours away and the wife was with him and the wife would hold the phone up to his ear. She quoted the Bible verses, told him it's OK to go. Um, you know, again, said, you're not going to go to hell. I love you so much. I forgive you for everything. Nobody's mad at you. You are forgiven. It is OK to go. So this all happened by 11 o'clock at night that 
I was fairly certain that by like one o'clock the next day, he would be passed. I don't ever tell anybody, though, because I'm not God. So people will ask me, well, when do you think? And I always say, if I have a feeling, I'll say, I have a feeling it's going to be tomorrow, but I'm not God. So there can always be a divine intervention. You never know. And um, she did call me the next day and it was like by noon the next day that he had passed. And she, though, she, we went by the script though of everything that I, I had gotten. And she had another reading the same day that he passed. The energy was night and day. He was so happy. Again, there were things that validated more that it was him things that I didn't know and more things about her parents that I didn't know that were coming through. Wow. That's wonderful. How healing for everyone once again. And for exactly. him. So Maria, now everyone wants to know about the workshops you offer and do you offer them online? What do you offer? And you also do house clearings. Can you do that from afar? Also, could you explain that to people also? So you can do house clearings from afar. I always like it when my client has white sage so that they can um, sage while I am doing the energy work on the house. And so are you clearing it from spirits in the house or, or negative energies or what do usually you Usually it's energy. So usually what people think is spirits, it's not spirits. Usually it is a um, big, what I say, energy ball. So if you're in a house where you have fought with a spouse or a child or someone over and over, and let's maybe say it's been a little bit of an abusive relationship, that energy is going to form that it's almost going to feel like there's a spirit there. And so it's breaking it up. So that's what I do. And I can do that from afar or if I go there, I can do it. I can pick up from afar what the heck is going on where someone's going, how did you know it was in that room? And it's like, I don't know. That's where I was guided. And that's what I kept hearing. That's your gift. You know, I would think if someone was moving into a new home, they would want someone like you to help them to clear out. You don't want that funky, that family's funky energy living with you or whatever happened in that house that you don't know about. Exactly. I always recommend it. And I've had um, realtors approach me because they've had houses sitting for like two years. And I'll go in there and clear it and, and set the intentions of the family coming in. And I'm not kidding. It's like three days later, it sells. And I am in no way, shape or form going, oh, wow, look at me. I'm always amazed and I'll go, wow, really? That's so cool. That is cool. Actually, that happened in my family where my brother and sister-in-law went to sell their home and it wasn't selling. And they did find out that there was something funky going on in their basement and someone cleared it out for them. And then the house sold like about yeah. a week later. Then it sold. Um, so now tell us about your podcast. You have a podcast called Hello from the Other Side and a radio blog you're starting. Would you like to tell everyone about that? I would. Thank you. So um, my podcast, Hello from the Other Side, I interview um, different 
people on, I've interviewed like an astrologer, um, someone that has done, um, they use the hand and the lines on your hand um, for doing a reading and your life purpose. Um, so I like to get um, just kind of unusual things. And I've also interviewed people that have had um, experiences with loved ones on the other side with signs. I think my first podcast was on signs. And it was from one of my families that gets an incredible amount of signs. It's amazing. And then the um, reading the signs blog talk radio is something I just started um, with an astrologer because I think it's fun being a medium and working with an astrologer. And then when you pull up someone's chart, so I'll be picking up on something and I'll say, oh my gosh, I'm really feeling a relationship mid-June. Can you see what's going on mid-June? The astrologer will look and go, oh my God, they got relationship aspects all over the place right in mid-June. So I, I find it fascinating and fun. That is cool. Very cool. Well, good luck with, with both of those. And you. you're welcome from my heart. And would you like to share with our Grief and Rebirth listeners the importance of healing, that they should do it while they're here and not wait just to do it when they get over there? Who would you like to tell them about that? It, definitely while you're here. Um, it's so important because you want to have the best experience here that you can. Really, you want to be able to, I live in joy. Now, I'm human, so I have those days where it's like, oh, I just hate everybody. But I'm able to pull myself out of it the same day because I really do live in joy every day. I find humor in almost everything, which really helps too. I can laugh at myself very easily, and which helps. But so living a joyful life is going to help you on the other side because you're going to bring that joyful, higher vibration energy with you when you're going and getting some lessons there that um, you're not going to have to bring a lot of crap back here when you come back again. You will have gotten through some of those lessons here. And being joyful helps you get through some of those lessons. You remove a lot of the blockages so you can advance more quickly also. Yes. And now everyone wants to connect with you. So how do they get a hold of you, Maria? And where do they find your book? Um, so my book is available on Amazon. I'm supposed to do a few book signings this year at some different bookstores, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, so the book's on Amazon. You can get the book at any bookstore. They can order it for you because I have it set up that way. Um, and I have a website, mariaverdeschi.com. Spell you, that, kid. D-E-R-D-E-S-C-H-I. Yes, mariaverdeschi.com. You can book a reading on there, a house clearing on there. Um, my classes, I put my classes on there. Any special events that I'm doing, I put on the website. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, and I'm on Instagram. Great. And what is your tip 
for finding joy in life. And I'll bet it's a goodie. My tip in life is to do something. Keep, keep your life fun. So keep fun things in your life. Um, I also have a dog, Lucy, a King Charles Cavalier, who is, oh my God, she's the quirkiest dog, but I love her because she is. And that helps me with joy being outside, do things that you love so you can keep your energy at a higher vibration so that you're open to great things that come into your life. Because sometimes people miss these great things that are coming in because their energy is lower. Get the energy up. And if you're feeling depressed, get help. Get help. You can get energy help. There's a lot of help out there. So you can get that vibration back up and you can see all the awesome opportunities that your loved ones are presenting right in front of you. That's great. And by the way, everyone, you can get on Grief and Rebirth podcast and all of these wonderful healers. There is someone there who can help you uh, to release some of those problems and to get to that place that Maria is talking about. Yes. So much so. Maria, thank you from my heart for this really enlightening interview that reveals that our loved ones who have passed are much closer to us than previously believed and that they want to help us. I agree that they have continued to live just in a different way. And here's a reminder, everyone, that you can see the full show notes and all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on irewineword.com and make sure to follow us and like us on social at, at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks again for joining us. And as I like to say, to be continued, many Thank blessings. You, many Thank blessings. You. And bye for now. Thank you, Maria. Really, truly. <laughs>